everyone. Welcome to the Service Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Carissa, and with us today is our guest, Carl Job. Carl's the president of Expert Services located in Garland, Texas. Thank you for joining me today, Carl. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it. So, Carl, today I'd like to focus on uh, your company, Expert Services, as well as your career and, and how you got started in the HVAC industry. And I think a lot of our listeners would like to hear some advice from a successful um, business owner as well. So we're going to be getting into some of those questions. But to get started, I'd like to find out what initially piqued your interest about HVAC to get you started into your career. Well, my story begins more than four decades ago, so it's been a while. So I, I began my career in the industry by luck. You know, it was fate. I was uh, farming in northern Oklahoma looking for a better way in life like we all do. So I met a guy that did the HVC appliance type work for his dad. He had two brothers, a younger and an older, that were also in the business. Uh, one was in the northwest part of Texas in a town called Pampa, while the other one was still there in Oklahoma. So as I watched the uh, middle-aged, you know, brother service a window unit, you know, it, it amazed me by just taking a bread sack, wrapping it around the motor, and then running it down to a car wash, spending 25 cents, uh, to actually wash out the condenser and evaporator, which I had no idea what it was at that time. Uh, he took it back, you know, I, I rode with him. He took it back, you know, to his trailer house and I uh, watched him just kind of wipe everything down, put a cardboard box over the top of it, pull the pocket thermometer out. And believe it or not, when he plugged it in, it made 40 something degree air. He wrote a ticket for 69 bucks and said, okay, you want to help me go put it in? I'm thinking 20 minutes, 25 cents, $69 plus tax. I said, this is the better way of going because farming, you know, is 25 cents an hour, basically while the tractor was running, no run tractor, no get paid. So it was a harder life, worked lots of hours. So put a lot of effort into it. So I learned a lot uh, from him and his dad and his brothers uh, working out of the back of their their shop, and in one point, the the father Wesley uh, told me, you know, you know, you seem pretty sharp on this. If you want to consider going to the school that my sons have all gone to, he said, I I could probably uh, help you make a decent living. You know, it is it's a career uh, trade that never will go away. So I I simply uh, grasp onto that and went and enrolled in school after spending better part of a year working as a helper, uh, lifting, tugging, shoving the manual side out of it, decided to put my brain behind it. So I went to school and graduated out of that top of my class, uh, went to work for a major manufacturer until they came back and said, you know, they're going to consolidate. And I was on the low end of the totem pole. So they said, I need to move from Oklahoma to Texas. And that's how I got down here back in the early 80s. I've been blessed with uh, hard work, committed, uh, and meeting the right people. So I've always been a, a, a fan of being interested in what everybody else does. So I could kind of figure out what direction that I was going to go. So that's that's how I ended up in this business. It was by luck. <laughs> it wasn't by anything else. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's a wonderful story, though. I love it. Um, so how long did you work as an HVAC technician then? 
As a technician, it was probably 20, 29, 30 years um, into that, that run. Uh, probably made it out of technician to the supervisor in the first 10, 12 years, and then stayed in the supervision, uh, lower end management. Uh, to probably another five years, and then I got into sales. I learned that uh, it, it was a hard transition uh, for a lot of people, but for some reason, I'm <clears throat> I'm a people person to some extent, introvert in another way. But uh, I like pushing myself in the box because I was always told that unless I get out of the box, you're always going to be in the box. So I did that, and I've been blessed uh, to own three. This is the third company. Uh, going at it so uh, I'm here forever yeah no that's great I love that you had the technician background and then eventually ended up in sales as well I think that there's um, a lot of people that would love to hear that and some people that may be interested in getting into the trade but maybe don't want to do the hands-on work and there there are other avenues that you can take so I think that that's a great example of having the technical background and then being successful in sales as well um, so, so how long have you been with expert services then? We started this in, uh, 2018 and okay. I just, I guess, uh, after my last dent, I thought I would just retire and I had a, a niece that she was eight that died of, uh, cancer. So we decided to start this company just to try to put back into the cancer research fund. And that's where the majority of our money goes out of wow. it uh so that's that's our our drive is to help that and to help other people grow so at the at the beginning of i got my uh license and everything for this in may of 18 so we're in our uh four and a half years roughly now uh we're closing the books over uh 10 million for the year 41 employees uh which has been a phenomenal growth but yeah it's all about what we give back, you know, to the customers because our industry has always had a black eye for people that did things illegally and took advantage of people that they shouldn't have. And I'm trying to do my best to right those wrongs. I'll never get them completed, but I won't stop trying. Right. Well, I'm, I am very sorry to hear that about your niece, um, but I am happy to hear that you've been able to give back so much. So that's really nice to hear. And that's what really drives you. Um, can you tell our audience a little bit more about expert services in terms of where your business is located, your service offerings, and what makes you stand out as a quality service contractor? We're based out of Garland, Texas, which is on the east side of Dallas, Texas, and we service the north part of Texas as well as getting on down through the central side of Texas, almost to Houston. So San Antonio, Austin, up through that central part of Texas. Uh, I don't do much out in East Texas, but we have a SP partner out there that if uh, people need help, we were referred to as well as we've got partners out in the western part of Texas. So there, there are three of us here in Texas and there's plenty of room for one another. You know, our, our offerings besides air conditioning, we do plumbing, building automation, uh, rental chillers, rental equipment, generators. Uh, mainly I say our strength is actually our employees. They're the ones that uh, turn the nuts and bolts. They, they work, you know, through the computer, uh, they audit everything to make sure that it goes out and it's right. So that's that's where our our strengths are. 
Great. Yeah. So your uh, customer base is getting that great customer service. And it sounds like you've got a tight knit group of individuals that are willing to go the extra mile when it comes to customer service and really help out your, your um, clients. So that's great to hear. Um, overall, I mean, for the last three years, it's been very difficult for many companies, obviously. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how your organization got through that and anything that you've had to implement in order to adapt? Well, with the pandemic coming on, that was very little effect, you know, causing our, our business. So our growth really been phenomenal. We researched the pandemic, you know, in such ways on how to help people, not how to detour people. And because of that, we still consider all lives matter. They're all important to us. So we've expanded our, our office by fourfold. Uh, our revenues, like I said, is 10 million. So that's two and a half times in three years. So it's about putting the dedication, you know, and support behind our, our people. So they are, our, you know, they're family for us. I put God first, I put our family second, and then I put our work third. And it's been a, a driver that way, and everybody loves it. Yeah, that's great. Um, is there anything in particular that you'd be able to um, expand on in terms of anything that you changed or implemented to be able to have growth through, the, through this difficult time? Oh, yeah, that's that was a simple part. Coming from the service tech side, you're hungry for training. And that's been the, the one missing card out of the deck, in my opinion, for a, a lot of companies that they don't provide enough training you can send guys you know teach guys on a sporadic basis but the depth of it is is how committed are you back to your techs and employees so we started in 2019 teaching our guys and girls we had girl techs you know for a couple of years every week committed to it mm -hmm. so that is a big difference. I teach leadership uh, once a week for my management group in the deal. So I'm teaching almost five days a week, you know, for our employees. If you don't give it to them, you know, they're going to pretty much go stale. And I'm, I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah. No, I think that that's really important. I think that there's a lot of companies out there right now asking what they should be implementing, what they should be doing to um, encourage that employee engagement and retain that top talent. Um, so aside from from training, is there any other advice that you would give to some of these organizations? Well, uh, tough as it is from my my era, uh, the millennial group that's out in our workforce today, they they are a tough nut to crack, but, you know, if you can move away from being condescending as it used to be back in my era, uh, yeah. the push for peer pressure, you know, we've embraced that continued education and the rewards uh, for each of the employees. You can't breed harmony uh, and growth by throwing salt on a wound. You know, yeah. we got to be honest. We, we care, we communicate, we encourage. Uh, I'm a fan of using sugar rather than salt. Uh, yeah. That's what results will do for you. Yeah. No, that's really great advice. Um, I think, like you said, with the younger generations coming into the workforce, we really want to encourage them to not only be interested in the trade, but also be committed to the trade long term. So I think that that's really great advice. And when it comes to training, obviously, you know, working with service professionals and, and FP Academy, we're obviously so committed to that as well. And we see 
how much of a positive impact that has on technicians, office staff, everybody, if you continue to learn and continue to grow. So I think that that's all very good, important advice for everyone to hear. Um, the other top topic right now, I guess, in our industry is, is the recruitment side of things and trying to find those initial talented technicians. So is there any advice that you would have there in terms of um, how to attract that talent, what organizations should be doing to find this younger generation that may be interested in getting into the trades? Well, we have we have groups that are actually going to the junior highs now to look at, you know, middle school ninth graders on trying to help direct them into a role of a trade rather than college, uh, allowing them to see that, you know, there are financial gains going this route versus going the other route. Um, mm -hmm. And whenever they can start seeing that at an early age, they can start talking to their, their other friends, you know, within that, that same age group. And you're going to get one out of 150 that's going to make that leap of faith and go that way. And that may be that their, their ethics push them that way. Uh, mm -hmm. But in the same token, because of SP group, you know, in the, the training that is offered, it's it's also op offered through all of our, our our members. So they have a way of getting an education. You know, we, we have to fund that. We have to push for that. We have to uh, be very understanding about it for them. Uh, if we don't help coach, we won't have players. If we don't go out and look, we won't find anything. So yeah. that's kind of the pro in this whole industry is it's never ending. It's continually yeah. changing, continually growing. So we're, we're, we're constantly trying to find more ways. So getting out to the schools in the different communities, you know, offering what we can, that's live. That's not fake. And mm -hmm. they can put their finger on it because they can get on the web and they can YouTube it. They can Twitter it. You know, yeah. they can, whatever they, they want, they will find it. And once they see it, that that creates a, a spot, you know, up in their brain and says, hey, it's something. They'll recognize it. You just got to be continuous on reiterating, you know, that what we have is an astounding place to work. We have an astounding industry. Uh, we all take ownership of what we do. And because of that, there are no restrictions, but all positive reactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's all very good information to have as well. I mean, we're currently always looking to reach out to those high school level students or even younger, um, but also uh, working with the Department of Labor and trying to see who we can reach that's maybe a veteran that's looking to make a career change or promoting women in trades, things like that. Those are all so very important right now. And, and you're right. I think as soon as people do get the opportunity to see what it is that we really do in this industry, um, it, it, they'll get excited about it. Um, but if they don't hear about it enough, you know, when they're younger or in high school, it's, it's hard for them to make that decision where they're going to go to school without the knowledge. So I think that's right. great. Everything that you're doing. Yeah. But a third of our employees are military. The the females that we've had yeah. in the service industry and service techs uh, have either moved because of their spouse has moved, but as, as we keep in touch with them, you know, they've had families. Uh, this is an industry that won't go away. So wherever they move, they pick that right up. 
So that's that's been good response back from them because the continuation of you know education, the technical training side of it, has helped them better themselves on getting you know a replacement job. I'd hire them back in a heartbeat if they move back into town. So we're constantly looking at that. Military is is a great avenue uh, to help support our industry as well as supporting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point about the spouses. Everybody kind of focuses on the uh, the the veterans transitioning into civilian life, but you're right. They all have family <laughs> yeah. that are going to be looking for work as well in those areas. That's so right. that's, a, that's a really good point. That's right. Uh, you had touched on some of the pros of the industry, the fact that it's um, it's forever and there's always going to be work in the HVAC industry. Um, are there any cons that you can think of? I briefly touched on it, and that's just the dishonesty that other people have done in taking advantage of it. But there are a lot more pros and cons, but we take it like a piece of glass. It may look nice. We're going to break it and make it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that those people may exist in in many industries, unfortunately. But I see what you're saying. I mean, you don't want a few dishonest people out there kind of making a bad name for everybody else. So that's true. If you can go above and beyond and make sure that you get your positive message out there. I think that that's a good focus to have for sure. It is. Mm-hmm. You're right. The pros definitely outweigh the cons for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious as well, Carl, um, what your advice may be for anybody who's running a management team within the commercial HVAC industry. Well, private, you know, we're privately owned, uh, so we've personally invested in everything that we do, and we take ownership in that. The The culture itself can suffer uh, if you don't take ownership of it. The, the clients' employees will both lose, you know, if you don't make that commitment and believe in them. And the management team themselves will fail. So it's all hands on deck. It's all hands in. And it's a total, you know, commitment for ownership within the group. If, if the peers will put forth the effort on what they want to succeed with, put that in face value uh, in an employee meeting, you will get some honest responses back if you open up and allow them to speak. And then you can draw them back in. And heck, part of the time we get some great feedback with great ideas. We've always said that two heads are better than one and four are better than two. And then we're willing to try anything. And if it works, we keep going. And if it doesn't, we just go back to where we were and we start all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that from what I'm hearing uh, talking to you today, your company culture is very unique. And I really like what I'm hearing. And I really think that your employees are probably very engaged individuals at work. And it sounds like it's an area where you would never hear someone say, oh, that's not my job. I'm not going to do that. It sounds like everybody mm-hmm. pitches in and helps for the greater good of the industry and for the company. And I think that that's really refreshing to hear. And I think that's great for you to tell those stories today, because I think there's a lot of companies that are always looking at how to improve culture. And I think a lot of the things you said today, you you really nailed it. So that's really culture nice. Culture is yeah, culture is grown by the people that you surround yourself with. So being part of the SP group, the culture that lives and breeds there is what I transform and deliver here. It's mm-hmm. in in very synchronous uh, planned deliveries. Yeah, 
Well, that's great to hear as well. Um, so lastly, Carl, um, what are you most looking forward to going into 2023? Are you implementing any new initiatives? Are you adding new service lines, anything like that? Service lines, what we're doing is we're broadening those. Uh, we've touched on plumbing for a few years. We've decided to make a full commitment out of it, uh, allocating our funds to acquire the right people, uh, mm -hmm. bringing some people back, uh, changing the the vehicles that they drive, uh, putting little cranes in them because the plumbers have to lift a lot of heavy equipment. Uh, and we want longevity. So most of, most of the guys that are going through the application process flip out when they see that in the back of a vehicle saying, really, I don't have to break my back. I said, no, I hire you for long-term, not short-term. And that's that's a big growth in, in that part. We've taken our, uh, our, our training and broken it off into different sections and different groups. So we apply the, uh, the kids coming out of school that know nothing, that know something, uh, in what we call our young guns uh, class. And then as they graduate into a, an intermediate level, we call that our test pilots because we let them just burn burn the waves up. But we're supportive in that that group in itself. And then the, the older cronies like myself, I would call it, uh, we call those the rocket scientists because they think they know it all. But it's a wheel and dynamic that we're trying to build bigger and bigger because as a wheel rolls, one comes off, one has to come back on. Otherwise, you do not have continual growth. And that's what we look forward to in continuing that. Our generator business uh, that is stretching across the U.S. is is working uh, with some subcontractors, partners uh, in that industry. And I do that through the railroad. Uh, Burlington Northern is is our uh, our customer for that. Uh, so we're stretching from California up to Chicago, down here to Texas. Out, we've dabbled uh, with some stuff in the eastern board out through Georgia a little bit. Uh, that's a little harder territory to break, but we're still working with that. That's what we're looking forward to is continued growth out of it. I'm looking at probably 10 more people in 2023. Uh, and I think that's that's the next platform before I make the next major change uh, for infrastructure for that. More project managers, uh, more service managers, uh, operations manager, more supervisors. Okay, that's great. Those are all great goals to have. And I know that you're certainly going to be successful with all that. And we're looking forward to following along with you and, and seeing how all that goes. Um, do you have any final thoughts or additional information that you'd like to add? I would probably say if you if you're really truly passionate about what you're doing, if it's this industry and that you want to grow to the top, you've got to be honest and you've got to be committed to it. Uh, we take the high road by practicing ethics because that ethical standard and honoring our commitments. So we take that personal responsibility in all of our actions. I'm, I'm blessed to have a, a, you know, a beautiful wife that's a partner with me in this and that we both stand up for one another as well as we stand up for each one of our employees. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's a it's a blessing in itself if you believe in your people. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Carl. I really appreciate it. Um, 
I, I appreciate all of your insights, your advice, telling your story. All of this is great information for everybody to hear, whether they're looking to get into the trades or they're currently in management or anything regarding company culture. I think that everything you told today was was great to hear. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for asking and thanks uh, for sharing your time with me. Absolutely. And uh, thank you to our listeners as well. Uh, please make sure you check out our show notes for a link to the Expert Services website. And also please be sure to follow Service Professionals on all of our social media platforms to ensure that you catch the next episode of the Service Professionals podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Thank you.